Good morning, Forest View. My name's Craig, and yours is? <laughs> really nice to, nice to meet you, kind of personal touch here. Um, very nice to be with you, and I love this series that we've been doing uh, through the Psalms. I hope you have too. It's been uh, really kind of special for me. I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, uh, what we've been trying to do over this summer is not so much study the Psalms as to, as we want to pray the Psalms, all right? Let them get into the very fabric of our souls, all right? Uh, so that we don't master Scripture in a sense, it masters us. We want to meditate on it, ruminate, reflect. Let whatever comes into our mind be transformed into some sort of prayer or praise. We want to listen to God, spend time, all right? So, what we've been doing, what we're going to do again today, is give us a chance to be quiet. To hear this psalm, Psalm 138 is the one that we're going to look at today. You can find it on the inside panel of your little booklet. Uh, we're going to hear that psalm, and as we do, we're going to let that psalm catalyze our life and, in a sense, nudge us towards prayer. Okay, that's what we're going to do. Let me explain what the process is. Well, first thing we're going to do is I'm going to read it. All right, I'll read it aloud. You can close your eyes. You can follow along, whatever you wish. But I'm going to let the words sort of drift over you and let them sink in. What I'd like you to do during that time is to listen. Listen and notice. Maybe there's a phrase that comes up, a word, something that kind of triggers a thought or memory. Take notice of that. Even if you don't know why it led you there, just notice it. And then turn that noticing into a prayer. Right? When I'm done reading the psalm, there'll be just space, silent space. Um, so feel free to reread the psalm if you wish, or maybe go to that phrase that kind of struck you, uh, or just sit in silence. But this is a time just to listen to God, and whatever comes to mind, turn it back to God in a time of prayer. And you might decide to even write things down. All right, if, you, if that helps you, do it. If it doesn't, no pressure. But I think there are pencils, pens around here. You're welcome to sort of take some notes on things that sort of jumped out at you. And then... Just to be a little different, and because we're kind of a nice small group here today, maybe there's a couple people who would like to kind of share some things that struck them, that they heard from God, some, some of their own prayers, a phrase or a word that sort of jumped out at them. Nothing long, okay? We have lunches. All right, we have lunches. But um, uh, we'll, we'll give, give a chance for, for you folks to share some of the things that God's been sharing with you, sharing with you that you've heard from God today. Got it? Good. Three people got it. <laughs> I have low expectations, so that's great. I'm actually quite happy. All right. So uh, you got your papers in hand, your pencils, and we're being silent and opening ourselves up in God's presence. Let's prepare ourselves this time with God. Spirit of God, open our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us. Hear the word of the Lord, Psalm 138. 
I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. For your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. When I called, you answered me. You infused my soul with strength. May all the kings of the earth praise you, Lord, when they hear what you have decreed. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. For the Lord is exalted, he looks kindly on the lowly. Though lofty, he sees them from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer.
So, how was it? Not often just get quiet, undisturbed space, right? <laughs> so I hope you kind of enjoyed that and had some time to turn your thoughts back into prayers. Uh, I am curious. We have some wandering mics around here, kind of uh, the Phil Donahue and uh, Oprah of Forest View. I'll let you decide which one's which. Um, so... Uh, People have, uh, what came to mind? Uh, let's, let's be, I'll even come down here just because that's friendlier, right? Isn't it? Um, what, were, what were some things that came to, uh, came to your mind? Someone. There we go. Thanks, Lois. I'm kind of excited because we're doing a thing through Proverbs as well. So I feel like I'm getting Psalms and Proverbs <laughs> this, uh, this summer, which is very rich. But what struck me in verse 2, it talks about, you know, I will praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. And in Proverbs 3, it says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Hmm. And I was just thinking about that wonderful interplay of how God is loving and faithful. And then, but we are involved in, I don't know, in pursuing the pursuit of God, even hmm. though he's pursuing us and we're becoming like him. I just, I love the fact that there's this exchange or something hmm. going on. It's a dynamic hmm. relationship. Love that. Thanks. Nice. What else struck you back there? We'll pretend. Get, be bold. Give her okay, one. I'll be bold. Um, actually, the first line that you read, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. And I was thinking, in order to praise God with all my heart, I need to release the desires of my heart, to give him all. I need to release my agenda, my plans, my hopes. And then as you read on, I thought... There's reason why I would want to praise him with all my heart, because of his unfailing love and his faithfulness, because he infuses my soul with strength, because the glory of the Lord is great, because he preserves my life, because he saves me, because your love, Lord, endures forever. And for that reason, the desire of my heart, I long to have the desire of my heart fully and completely wrapped in God's love. Yeah. They kind of fade away, don't they, in light of that? Nice. Others, what came to mind? Do we have one back here? Great. I was very similar to Wendy, but the phrase that caught me was, bow down towards the temple. Hmm. So bowing down is a submissive hmm. pose, a submissive position. So I need to submit my will, my desires to God. And then all the good things that Wendy talked about come out of that submission to God and Great. God's will. Beautiful. Thank you. One more? I know I said two or three. I never was good at math. <laughs> Thanks, Heather. For me, it's uh, when I called you, you answered me. Hmm. You infused my soul with strength. And I think all of us have gone through times where we felt weak and useless and hopeless and helpless. And when we've called on God... For me, he's always been there, and he does infuse you with strength, strength to face things that you never thought you could face, yeah. things that you've gotten through that you didn't think you could get through. Hmm. And somehow, on the other side, there's the light of God shining through, hmm. bringing you through those trials and tribulations. And, and I really do think that he does infuse ourselves with strength. It's a great phrase, isn't it? 
I hope it was a, a, good, a good time for you as well, just thinking back on, on some of the, the good gifts that God has given you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Oprah and, and Phil. Um, I didn't even know this before. But, uh, Jordan just talked to me. Some folks from the, their CovCom had chosen a psalm to memorize, and this was the psalm they had chosen, which I thought was kind of cool. So some of you know this psalm deeply. You've been ruminating and digesting this one for how long now? How long ago was that? Was that just this past year? year and a half ago, all right? And if you ask him, he'll recite it to you, and maybe the rest of them will too. Uh, but yeah, so this is one that actually you can sit with and it, it can live with you for a while. It's got that sort of, that sort of power. Um, it is a psalm of David. And as it says right at the beginning, this is a psalm of thanksgiving, right? We've had different types of psalms this, uh, this summer. We start off with a, a wisdom song. We then had a couple of psalms of lament. Now we've, then we, from there we moved on to a psalm of trust. Last week was Psalm 23. And this week it's a psalm of thanksgiving, which is kind of cool. And, and why is David praising the Lord? I will praise the Lord with all my heart before the gods. I will sing your praise. Why is he doing this? Why is he bowing down? Because of the Lord's unfailing love and faithfulness. If you want to take away a phrase just to ruminate on in sort of the spirit of this psalm, that is a great one. The Lord's unfailing love and faithfulness. Any of you just sort of take some time during that silence and just things came to mind, the sort of great blessings of God, right? If you did, those are, well, the Old Testament talks about them as memorial stones, right? These are the things that we build our faith on. These things where we, we, we look back, we say, God, you were faithful then. You are a trustworthy God. I will praise you because of your unfailing love and faithfulness. Building blocks of gratitude is kind of how I think of these things. Building blocks of gratitude, so we can't neglect them. We've got to pay attention to them. We've got to consciously turn our mind towards the Lord's unfailing love and faithfulness. And you've already mentioned this, but oh no. So no one did. I, I kind of like this phrase too. For your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. God doesn't need someone to co-sign or guarantee his promises. <laughs> right? God doesn't need a co-signer. Um, God's Faithfulness flows out of his character. And to know God is to trust God, right? The honor of his name, that's what guarantees his faithfulness, his promises, right? And I mentioned this was Psalm of David. That's really what David discovered through his life. Now, if you know anything about David, um, you might remember that he was the guy who even just as a young kid, I don't know, maybe around your age, who maybe a little bit older, uh, he, armed with only a slingshot, goes up against this mammoth of a man called Goliath and in the power of the Lord brings him down and gets this great and mighty victory for the people of Israel. It was one of his memorial stones, right? The giant slayer. Uh, so David knows great victory, but he also knows great pain and loss. Uh, he was arguably Israel's greatest king, right? But in his youth, 
he was hunted as kind of an enemy of the state, a traitor by the ruling king, King Saul at the time. Uh, he defeated many people like Goliath, but he also knew it was like to be on the run, a fugitive, in exile. He had that, both these sort of huge spans in his life. Um, he knew what it was to love deeply, but he also experienced great loss. Right? Sons, children, friends, great loss. Uh, he himself was a victim of sort of really horrific evil and betrayal. But he was also at the same time this selfish villain, villain who inflicted evil and hurt and pain and suffering on other people. So David's this guy who knows shame, he knows forgiveness, he knows uh, reconciliation, he knows God's favor, and he experienced God's faithfulness. And my guess is right now that if you spent any time with God at all, you've had a chance to, like David, experience some of these things as well. God's faithfulness and his goodness towards us. True? Hmm. It's why David could write, when I called, you answered me. He knew this firsthand. You infused my soul with strength. And I love that one too. I, I love that. He infused my soul with strength strength. Right? At his lowest points, David could turn to God and God rescued him. That's his testimony. Uh, interestingly enough, during those low times, David also discovered his own frailty, his own weakness, right? And some of you folks maybe have gone through that yourself, where you've said, even though I am in this lowly state, the Lord, though exalted, looks kindly on me. Though lofty, he sees them from afar, right? This sort of sense of humility comes across David as well. And with all this as a backdrop, he says these sort of things. You might not have even gotten this far in the psalm, but though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes, and with your right hand you save me. It's kind of like God's get, got his hands full with us, right? One hand, he's fighting off the enemies. The other hand, he's saving us and holding us here. Right? That's kind of the image we've got here. So God's been this help in the past, faithful. He's this current help, and he's this hope for the future. The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. I love this progression, right? From gratitude to humility to hope and then a simple prayer. Lord, don't abandon the works of your hands. That's kind of the psalm in a, in a nutshell as I was kind of reflecting on it. Uh, and, it and I do think it's a great one. Uh, but I have to confess to you right now that when I was thinking about psalms to talk about today, I was actually aiming for Psalm 139. <laughs> yep, I know, not good. But see, I get my nines and my sevens mixed up. All right, so that's just true confessions. I get my nines and my sevens mixed up. And so I was on the train looking in, you know, just reading Psalms on my little Bible app, and I went to Psalm 137, thinking it was Psalm 139, but it wasn't. And so rather than just plugging in Psalm 139, I suspected that was it. I said, oh, I'm just going to scroll up. You know how you can, if you have the Bible app, you just sort of tap and it moves you along, 
right? If you don't have the Bible app, it's a great one to get. So I tapped and moved along, and I came to Psalm 138, and I started reading it, and I couldn't go any further. I really wanted to get to Psalm 139, because that's my favorite. One of my all-time favorites in the whole Bible. If you don't know it, it's a great one to read, right? Especially if you're bored right now. Um, But I stopped on Psalm 138 and couldn't get any farther. And you know the phrase that caught me up? It was actually the very first line. I will praise you, Lord. In fact, it wasn't even, I didn't even get that far. I got, and I'm, I'm serious, this is no lie. I got stuck on the very first two words. I will. <laughs> and there was something about that that just hit me. It was kind of this brash, bold sort of statement. I will. Arresting is maybe the word that I, that I came up with. It was just, I couldn't move on. Two short words, I will. And what they said to me at that time, sitting on the GO train, was, Craig, praise is a choice. That was it. (laughs) Praise is a choice. I can choose to praise God, or I can choose not to. And on that day, sitting in that seat on the GO cart, Go car, go trained. Car of the go trained. (laughs) You got the picture now, don't you? I chose to praise God. Now, this isn't in some sort of bragging, boastful sort of way, right? Like, look at me, I'm going to, I can do this, muster it all, right? That sort of bootstrap sort of theology. I'm not talking about that. This was almost like a covenant promise covenant sort of response to God's faithfulness in light of all that God has done for me I choose to praise God in good times and bad I will praise now notice that praise is not some private sort of affair David says that he wants to praise the Lord before the gods. And as I thought about that, I'm thinking, my goodness, I know God's well. (laughs) This place, this world we live in is filled with gods. False narratives, right? False narratives. Things like, you know, um, uh, this is all there is. Uh, It's important to be first, to be strongest, to have the most toys, to be the best looking, to be the most liked These are the false gods that are all around us, the false narratives that we breathe in every day, whether we're conscious of it or not. And David says, I will praise the Lord before in front of these gods. Your gods, well, you probably know them well, maybe even too well. I love this notion of living life on purpose. Deliberately, kind of as these countercultural disciples of Jesus. I will. I will praise the Lord. I will do this right in front of the gods of this earth. I will not bow down to them. I will praise the Lord. This covenant response. You, you got me? I mean, you see why I couldn't. Psalm 139 was wonderful, but I couldn't get past this one. And why is it important? 
for us to sing our praises before the gods of this earth? Because God, the true God, the almighty God is on a mission. And David wants in on it. May all the kings of the earth praise you, Lord. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. It actually was reminiscent of, for me of, of Jesus' own prayer for his disciples. The Lord's Prayer, we call it, right? Our Father, which art in heaven, holy be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. May all the kings of the earth praise you, Lord. Why? Because the glory of the Lord is great. Because praise matters to God's mission on earth. Because God desires that all the kings of the earth, all the citizens of the earth, would praise the Lord. That is God's dream. Because God's ways are the ways of life and goodness and generosity and love. His ways are his mercies. His praises are what we were created to sing. And at our best, this is how our lives have been tuned. Our optimal life is a life of praise committed to God. I will praise the Lord in front of the gods. This is what it is to be a sign, symbol, and foretaste of the kingdom. God's kingdom. A foretaste of God's good and perfect will here on earth. I will praise the Lord. And anything that hinders that praise, anything that gets in the way of us fulfilling our mission and our purpose, as a church, as individuals, that is not of God. That is one of the false gods, and we will not bow down because we will praise the Lord. We're a church in transition right now. And this actually just came to me in the shower. Maybe that's too much information, but in the shower today. So it wasn't actually one that I was sitting on for a long period of time. It's in the shower today. I suddenly realized we're a church in transition. And that can be a tough time, right? It can be an exciting time. And I actually am kind of looking forward to what God has for us in the midst of this waiting and listening. But it can be a tough, disorienting time. And there are all sorts of different responses that we can have in those tough times, right? We start getting fearful. We start even not trusting or infighting or blaming or all, any, you think of any transition, I don't care whether it's work or at home or any transition at all is tough. I actually think this is a word from the Lord to the church at Forest View. I will praise. In this time of transition, I will praise. That will be my response. I will look to God's faithfulness. I will depend on God's love. I will reflect on the memorial stones that have been strewn upon my path through these 50 years of life. <laughs> 
right? And I will praise. Anything else is to miss out on the mission of God, the work that God is doing, so that all kings, all kings of all the earth will praise you. That's God's mission, and it starts with praise. It doesn't start with strategy. It doesn't start with visioning. It doesn't start with even, you name it. It starts with praise. The people of God gather together as one voice, praising God. That is cool. That's an exciting place to be a part of. As I was sitting on that GO train, yes, a lot happens on the GO train. Um, I actually just started to write my own covenant of praise. It was sort of my intention to be a person of praise because I'll be very honest with you, I can get derailed this way or as, as, as good as the other per, as anyone else, right? I'm pretty good at it. This doesn't come naturally to me. It was expressing my intention to be a person of praise with God's help and with you, my friends of Forceview. <laughs> so here it is, my covenant of praise. I will... Praise the Lord. With God's help, I will commit myself to a life of praise, to being open to the grace and mercy of God that is all around me. I will commit to praise even in times of darkness, disappointment, frustration, and sadness because God's faithful love is unfailing. I will reject cynicism that believes that darkness is all there is, that disappointment is around every corner and that hope is a stuff of fairy tales. Instead, with God's help, I will embrace the surprise of beauty, the wonder of God acting in this world. I will look for the continuous ways that God is breaking into our world in ways that are both ordinary and astonishing. I will celebrate God's pouring out of his spirit on all people, great and small, rich and poor, sinners and saints, and I will practice being thankful. I will keep my eyes open because God is on the move and the glory of the Lord is great. And for that reason, above all else, I will praise. Amen.